0: Hello, and welcome to Strictly Game Boy, the podcast you can play only when it's light out. I'm your host, Clay, and today I'm joined by my faithful co-host, Brian. I am... I'm, I'm faithful? You're very faithful. I mean, you've been here for
1: at least three episodes, so. Oh, okay. Well, so faithful. Uh, now that I have your trust, I'll start undermining it.
0: That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> what else could I ask for in a co-host? It's true. I mean, what's the point of having a co-host on a podcast if they aren't going to stab you in the back at some point, right? And, and steal and all
1: your and just spin game off Boys. their own show. Yeah, and, yeah,
0: yeah. And just completely leave me in the dust. You know,
1: that, that's how corporations work, right? That's how John Lennon worked. Oh yeah, did ha- he? Too soon? Uh, too soon. Too soon. I don't know if he did. Uh, I I don't know what you were saying. It's okay. Have
0: you ever played the Beatles Game Boy game? Uh no, <laughs> it's got some holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, made I'll, that up.
1: I just made that up on the spot. I'll I'll laugh, um, just for you. I could tell it was an uncomfortable laugh. I, I didn't. I'm, I I still don't understand the reference, and I love the Beatles.
0: Well, and, didn't and, Lennon? He was uh, shot holes. Uh,
1: and like, sh- should we restart this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, people love
1: good shooter jokes I don't know okay oh people love good shooters I mean I yes I am especially a good on the fan game boy of, I'm, I'm a big fan of well, there's some shooter levels in this that's today, true so. so
0: that retains to what we're talking about yeah that's true um, it does pertain to it moving the the topic along here uh Please. I really quickly wanted to <laughs> yes um mention I I did have a pretty good weekend with my Game Boy Collecting. Right, uh, right. Which I haven't talked a ton about on the show yet, but I'm just trying to pick up old Game Boys when I come across them. Colors, I don't have, all that stuff. And so uh, this weekend, I got a hold of two different Game Boys. I, starting off, I found, I, my friend found me uh, a Nintendo Game Boy Pocket that is yellow. The yellow. The yellow. I think it was like $13, which is pretty awesome. That That is pretty sweet. And it, it's really in good condition. Uh, maybe like a minor scratch or two on the screen, but it's way nicer than my old, my other Game Boy Pocket that I have. So um, I love it. it. It's really nice and small. And then the other one you're holding right now, oh, which it's beautiful, is a black uh, Play It Now Game Boy, mm-hmm. and uh, got that. Spent a bit more money on that one than the pocket, uh, only because it. King with oh, the dude, original it's
1: condition it's got the uh the cover for the link cable slot oh, yeah yeah. no it, it's, it's 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 really beautiful i'm i'm very jealous yeah whoever owned
0: that didn't play it a whole lot or yeah. just
1: took really good care of it i would say didn't play it a whole lot <laughs> probably
0: but, um but yeah but the buttons
1: feel good yeah everything's everything's pretty great on it it's a beautiful you hear the little snap oh yeah when you turn the uh the on off switch good snap yeah yeah
0: But yeah, it came with the box, the original Play It Loud box that the Game Boys came in, which is probably why it was so expensive. Um, The guy who I bought it from was saying how um, he was waiting, because it didn't have all the paperwork in it, and so he was waiting to find that paperwork, and then he was going to sell it for like $100. So the paperwork is... Well, like it had like a thing that sat in the box that said play it loud on it and it filled like half the box. So you could see that and then you could also see the Game Boy kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, next to it or whatever.
1: When when uh I'm not a huge old game collector as far as like buying them off of people or buying boxed copies. Um when you say something is complete in box, do you need to have the Game Boy instruction manual that came with every because every game would have its own manual and then it would come with a Game Boy instruction manual, which was the same manual that every Game Boy game right. came with. Yeah, usually I think complete in box means everything that was in that box Ugh. originally is in it. All right. So. so so I don't feel so bad now. I was telling you earlier this week about how my mom threw out every single box that I ever had at some point during my childhood. I had, you know, just a huge stack of them but I I still have all my manuals because I kept them somewhere. But I always threw out the the Game Boy manual or the Super Nintendo manual or the NES manual because it was the same one as all the other ones. So I only needed one of them. (laughs) Okay, Okay. The logic is there. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) <laughs> the logic's there but right.
0: yeah it definitely makes them worth more So, yeah,
1: I mean it proves that I wasn't saving the boxes because I wanted them for monetary value someday I was saving them because I didn't know what else to do with them and they were so cool so I, yeah. I, just, I wanted to have them totally
0: so yeah it's unfortunate it's not complete I was looking into trying to figure out how to make that happen but I can't find just the inserts for that kind of thing anywhere so um, oh well yeah. It's still a great looking Game Boy, and I still have the box. Oh, it's beautiful! It's and, it's
1: it's almost immaculate. Well, thank you. Yeah, you say such nice things about my Game Boy, well, it, it, listeners. If you could see it, it, it's in really great shape. So it's a beautiful! I'm, one. I'm jealous.
0: Um, yeah, and it also has like on the back of the box, it has like a Walmart sticker still on it. Yeah, right. From, like
1: a way old Walmart sticker. Yeah, which
0: is pretty dope. It's got the original serial number on the box, which coincides with the serial number
1: I mean, on the game boy i mean the, the game boy's serial number sticker which is right below the card slot is also in really great shape so right which yeah. normally
0: those are like destroyed like look at the pocket one here it's yeah, all they're, like, they're
1: worn yeah. weather worn uh
0: and kind of ugly and uh, well it,
1: it also helps that you couldn't stick this game boy in your pocket the game boy pocket however uh, like would probably get worn out by makes sense Why slipping I'm... in and out of a pocket so
0: Oh, unless mm. you had like really big '90s jeans that had a pocket. That those could... came
1: later, though. Uh, those, those like real deep, like you could you could if you were a teenager, you could slip a forty in them and walk out the store. Yeah, yes. Those are like late '90s kind of pants.
0: Fair enough. We're a little ahead there. Um,
1: I our... had I had my Game Boy purse, so uh, that was like slick on the inside. So I don't think it messed with my my Game Boy too much. So
0: I'm sure you were looking fabulous. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's all the Game Boy off-topic stuff I have. Anything, Brian, that you'd like to
1: contribute? Um, No. No, I I would like to contribute more to what we're talking about this week. Well, you did.
0: You put in some good time and and, uh, put in some good research to this episode, so I appreciate that. All right, guys. Well, that's enough of that. We already spent seven minutes, and uh, you are probably sitting here wanting to hear the game that we want to talk about today because this is a big one. Unless you really Um, like us and want to hear what we have to say. That's true, right? Which maybe they do. Um, this is a this is a different episode, uh, a little bit different. So, this is our first ever Super Game Boy episode, and really, it's the same thing in a nutshell. But basically, uh, we kind of have it planned out where we're going to do some smaller titles uh, sprinkled randomly, just kind of whatever game we want to talk about, we'll, we'll do. But we're also going to be doing these Super Game Boy episodes, which are the ones where we pick the higher tier maybe closer to a listing games and we're going to be talking about them typically we will have uh guests on other guest hosts joining us unfortunately the uh, the guest host we had lined up today it did ended up uh not working out and that is just it's unfortunate but uh next time we have one of these we'll definitely have uh hopefully that person on or someone else um And so, yeah, it's just us focusing a little bit more on on the big titles. And we decided to kind of go in chronological order with those, not the other ones. And so we decided, hey, let's start at the very beginning and work our way through. And so, starting off, that puts us uh, taking a look today at Super Mario Land.
1: In my head all week. It's
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah, it that'll happen when you start playing it. It's just it gets stuck in there. So,
1: um, yeah, you want me to you want me to roll ahead? And
0: just... Yeah. So Brian, tell us a little bit about this game.
1: So, um, this game was released, I guess, along with the Game Boy in Japan. Or uh, I'm not quite sure of the release date. It, it's really the it, 21st of April, 1989. Um, going forward, uh, the the North American version came out a few months later August 1st of the same year um, it was meant to be the pack-in title uh, if you go back uh, Yamauchi, Mr. Yamauchi uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi uh, commissioned this I guess is a good way to say it he requested that R&D1 produce this game uh, what's it's not weird what, what's significant about this is that this would be the first time that a Mario title was not overseen by Miyamoto which up to this point we had Super Mario Brothers then Mario Brothers and then probably a Mario Brothers uh um Game and Watch game that that Miyamoto oversaw uh I don't think they count Donkey Kong as a Mario title but this is canonically the fourth Mario game
0: you're right about that cause Super oh no
1: Mario 2 sorry uh, and 3 uh, I'm, no I, no uh yeah I guess Mario 3 did come out in 88 in well, Japan. yeah,
0: in Japan, not in North America. That okay, didn't come so, out until 1990 in America. So But Sorry. he
1: also oversaw Mario Brothers Arcade, so Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was mixing that up a little bit. It's but okay. uh Mario 2 would be, you know, in in America, not that's not what I'm talking about. Mario 2 is although I think he did oversee Doki Doki Panic as well, probably. Um but this time, uh, Yamauchi ruled with an iron fist. Uh, he made decisions based on um, experience and like uh, instinct. And he was really, really, really good at that. Um, it's one of the reasons why they're a huge company, is because he just knew how to make split-second decisions based on just what had come before. And to him... The most logical thing in the world was okay, R and D one, uh, if you don't know, is the only at this point, the only dedicated research and development team at Nintendo. Um a few years later we would get Miyamoto's team would coalesce around the title EAD, which is technically R and D two, the second dedicated research and development team. But uh at this point it was just his hardware team was making stuff. And that was Gumpa Yokoi, um, and Satoru Okeda, which was kind of his right hand man. And they had created the game boy. And so Yamuchi said, Hey, I, I know you don't make Mario games, but you know, the hardware, you know, the limitations I need you to make our, what is now our mascot. This is 1989 for crying out loud. The NES is, the biggest thing in the world, and has been for two years or a year and a half, depending on you know april twenty first eighty nine uh so he he took it away from Miyamoto and said, "I want you who knows you who know exactly what you made to make a game for it so uh Yokoi and Okada uh directed well uh produced and directed this game together, and you've got Hitonaka doing all the sound effects, music, all that stuff. It's just like a three person game basically yeah. Um, So that that leads... They would never do that again. Um, But uh, Mario would forever go on to be part of uh, Miyamoto's milieu or whatever.
0: Yep. All right. Well, cool. So that was quite the little rabbit hole. So he created it. um,
1: This is why you get some of the the weirdness that comes from this game. Totally. it, It wasn't given to someone who had a vision for the series or who had been working on the series for the last four, five, six years. So,
0: Well, and I think that's kind of what this game is known for is how kind of bizarre and weird and out yeah. of place it all is. Um, and I think that's why some people actually love it is for that reason. Which is funny because the original Donkey Kong Land, not to get too far off topic, is really weird too. Mm-hmm. And then after that, two and three uh, became much more like cookie cutter based off the console versions. Right.
1: And so, and they're both named land. Um, I think that was the, the, that's the joke, you know. Right. Like Rainier Wolf Castle sort of thing. Like, yeah, that's exactly what they were going for was Donkey Kong land, Mario land.
0: Yeah. And then it that kind of became, I don't know if any other games kept that where there was worlds and, and or countries and lands and worlds, depending on what console you're on. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but, uh, this is definitely a bit different and a bit of a departure from what we know. There are a few things that are similar. I mean, in concept, it's all still kind of there. A couple enemies are the same, but really for the most part, it's quite a different experience and has some different characters than what we're used to. Um, so, obviously, uh, we usually talk about whether or not this is a port or an original. This is very much uh, an original. It's not a port of any other game. But, but I, I put it
1: in quotes in our notes because... ha Quotes and notes. Uh, sorry. That was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, but I put original in quotes because um, it's clear that they were trying to like copy the the style and the gameplay that Miyamoto had been perfecting. But they're also bringing their own ideas into it, so like you'll see things that that make sense in the Mario universe, and then every other thing is like, oh, that makes sense. What the hell is that? Oh, hey, no, Mario again. Wait, what's going on? Like it's it's disorienting because you, you you're playing with some of those Mario rules, but then also they're subverting them at the same time. Right. Um, these are the guys that worked on Metroid and Kid Icarus, and so they were already making like weird exploratory uh games and levels and then having to come back to something that is very straightforward left to right um I think they they tried to keep that but we'll get to it they they also start like hiding things in there ooh so nice cool well that
0: being said uh we've hit most of this Next up, we're gonna talk real quickly about our history with the game. Um, pretty self-explanatory, but really just uh, how we came across this game. Uh, maybe talk about what you thought of it as a kid, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Brian, if you want to start us off, I'll I'll c- carry on after.
1: Well, I got my uh, I finally got my Game Boy in like the ninety one or ninety two. Uh, I previously talked about how I got on one show I've done with you, I can't remember if it was on, uh, Game Boy, but I got, um, Kirby's Dreamland and Tetris, of course, you get Tetris packed in, but it was not very long after that. I got Mario Land and that game was <laughs> to a, to a young child. That game is hard. Uh, I don't think I ended up beating it until the late nineties when I finally just one day looked at, I was carrying my Game Boy around and, and was looking through my games, and was like, you know what? I should actually just sit down and beat that game. And it didn't take me very long as an older child, but uh, as a young kid, it it uh, it was tough. It was a, it's a tough game. Mm. Oh yeah. I think I'd already beaten one and and uh, three in world at that point, so I was just like, yep, I can probably tackle this now. Totally. Okay. Well, for me, I did not play this game
0: at launch when it first came out in 1989. Uh, I was four months old at the time. <laughs> so uh, it had to have been, a wow, actually a number of years later. This a is happy now. birthday. In, is that coming up? Uh, next uh, April. Almost all right. 17th. Yeah. All right, Someone yeah. Uh, I don't expect much, just something from you. Okay, all right. It has to be Game Boy related too. Uh, so. I'll meet
1: you a, uh, a black near mint condition uh, fat Game Boy.
0: What are you doing? Don't touch my Game Boy. <laughs> You're just going to steal it and bring it back in a yeah, couple
1: weeks? Yeah, basically. Here you go. Um, it's beautiful, by the way. <laughs> it's the only Game Boy with an identical serial number of a different Game Boy. Wow.
0: What are the odds?
1: Yeah, I know. It's weird.
0: No, but what I was going to get at was it's so weird because in my brain or in my memories, it felt like this game was brand new when I got it. Like this had just come out the world, was just seeing this game. And so I was right there alongside. But no, this was probably, I don't know, four, four or five years probably before I was playing it. I don't think I would have played a Game Boy game until I was at least, I don't know, what age do kids start playing
1: basic Game Boy? I mean, as young as possible.
0: What is possible, though? I don't know. I don't know. I was playing.
1: There's no uh, way I you can play a Game Boy at like two. I mean, I was playing an NES when I was
0: three, so. So maybe I was like three, four, five, somewhere in there. So pff, at this point, we're into the 90s. Um, Anyway, it's just weird. I always think that I'm like right there when things happen, but really yeah. I'm just watching reruns or getting really old games but it worked out because my parents would buy me these games because they were older and probably a little cheaper but uh like i mentioned in episode zero my sister got an original game boy before i ever got a game boy and so i remember we were taking a trip to orlando florida to visit my grandparents and go to disney i presume but that's and what you do
1: in orlando grandparents and disney
0: yep what, uh, what else is there really Old people in Disney. Um, and so my parents, for whatever reason, got her, my sister one, even though she wasn't a big gamer, got her one. Because we were flying, and I think it was the first time that I can recall that we flew. And uh, don't have a lot of memories with it. Once again, I was probably pretty young. But I do remember that my sister had her Game Boy, and she had Tetris, and she had Mario Land. Super Mario Land. And uh, she, actually, surprisingly, she was kind enough to let me play it at, at one point. Uh wasn't a fan of Tetris, really didn't touch it, didn't have any interest in it. It was boring to me. I remember my sister really liked it, though. And so I that left Mario. And so I, I think at that point I knew what Mario was. I probably played some of the other ones. So that was really where I spent most of my time. I was never much of a Mario, like, beater. I didn't really beat a lot of Marios. Um, not until I got older. So I don't really remember how far I got into this. Like you mentioned as a kid, it's not the easiest game, so I probably didn't get too far, but I just remember loving it and playing it and not really caring if I was good or not i just so every time I put it in definitely at least that first level totally brings me back to yeah yeah to the to that time so um, at least I remember that uh, sometimes I have trouble remembering like early video gaming, but this that's an old memory, so the fact that I can remember even some of that is
1: pretty great the fact that this game is kind of jarring when you play it also leads to that totally like you'll just you'll you remember this game
0: oh yeah and i i've always like campaigned hard for it i remember when it came out on uh 3ds like the eShop or whatever i like immediately picked one and two up and i uh, was like yeah i gotta have this um and i was really hoping that when mario maker came out that eventually there'd be like some dlc where they, they yeah. could create mario land levels and unfortunately never came but i was like i would have been stoked i don't i don't know if it would have lost its novelty after a while but i just think it would have been a cool thing to have added but probably would have been a logistical nightmare so (laughs) um but other than that i've got yeah it's been good times and uh i'm glad it was i'm glad it was available at launch i think it was a, a strong title to have alongside tetris they offset each other really well and um were good games and kept people's interest for quite a while i would yeah. say so it wasn't some like galaga shooter that got boring after a while it or like with some high score or something well even it though does that, that's but, what Tetris but then was. that level's over that's true that's <laughs> yeah, true so um yeah strong strong launch titles uh even if there was only two of them uh but well, definitely there's more
1: but you know not at launch there was just these two wasn't there no there's like six.
0: Oh, but yeah Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking then. Uh, But these are the two big ones, I guess. Maybe that's where my head's at.
1: And now it's time for Real or Fake. The point in the show where one host tries to stump the other by describing a Game Boy game that is real or fake. It's my turn to come up with a real or fake Game Boy game. Yes. And you will... Try to suss out the truth
0: that is right I have to decide I think I get like three questions to ask you you which you may or may not know the answer to so you can always say I don't know and right um,
1: and so that well you know right we understand so we do i yeah. I
0: understand the rules so even if the listener doesn't
1: all right so the game for this week is choplifter
0: what do you what do you do in
1: choplifter? You fly a helicopter, and you can kill people, people being other helicopters. Right. But uh, your main objective is to pick up um, other people, you know, to save people. Kind of like Defender.
0: Right. So it's like a left and right yeah.
1: shooting game. So it, that is your apparently your one non yes or no, question, answer.
0: <laughs> I, do they have to be yes or nos?
1: I don't know. Uh, I think but, you just
0: assumed they had to be. Okay. Is there any shoplifting in this game? Like no, you don't steal anything from uh, while you're on a helicopter. That's two. Uh, third one. Who who developed this game?
1: Um, I I know the publisher. Uh, publisher would be like. Rotor Bund or something like that. Yes, yeah, or at is least not, the, this the is license not a real, holder. This is not a real game. Uh, no, it is not a real game. Good job. Yeah, uh, Choplifter does not exist on the Game Boy. Choplifter Two and Choplifter Three do. Okay, but Choplifter itself was never ported to the Game Boy. Ooh. All right. Well, I so I tried well, to subvert that because no, Choplifter that is an actual game.
0: I wasn't even aware of that. That was an actual game.
1: Yeah. No. It, it's uh, it's kind of in that uh, shoot 'em up genre where you're rescuing people uh much like striker or defender but defender turns into a totally different game once you lose everybody
0: but. huh because my thought process was that sounds really complicated to try to make happen on a game boy like picking people up and stuff it just sounded yeah. like a
1: lot well i'm sure in two and three probably have that same mechanic so it's a thing so it, it exists
0: yeah because i played defender on the game boy so i knew like left and right shooting like that's not a problem but the whole picking people up. Seemed oh, a no, no, little... no. That
1: that's easy enough. Uh, the way that that Bruderbund. Uh, I I know you have definitely played Bruderbund games. If you've played, uh, um, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Right. Uh, m- you know, maybe the original Prince of Persia. If you've ever like tried that for like yep. two minutes and then Good gotten off, gotten frustrated because it's a really complicated game. It's really really amazing for a 1989 game. But uh, their their philosophy was let's find people who are making games that are doing stuff that other people aren't. So someone would submit a game and go, Hey, that's kind of close to some sort of arcadey experience. Think of something else. And the choplifter guy was like, well, I want to make a game where, yeah, you can shoot other helicopters, but it's more about you only get points for picking people up. And they were like, ah, this is 1982 or 83 that's not something that's ever been explored before, and so they made it. And, nice. You
0: know. Okay. Well, that's really interesting that they released 2 and 3, but not
1: 1. Well, 1 is an old, 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 old game. So, like, you know, early early to mid-'80s. So it, uh, it doesn't surprise me that Choplifter 1 wasn't there, but whoever got the rights and made Choplifter 2 and 3 ported it. So,
0: Well, you totally could have tricked me if I was aware of, the, of 2 and 3. Right, but- right. Thankfully, I wasn't. Uh, I was thinking about this game the other day. I think the more we do this show and the more we explore this
1: library, it's going to be more difficult to trick each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, you got me last time, so... That's true. Yeah. So you've got a point and I don't. (laughs) All right. Well, maybe... I'll try to remember you you don't know as much about old games as I do. Yeah, that's true. You do have
0: that going again for you as well. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the story for Super Mario Land back into it. Uh, Brian, would you like to uh, care to try to attempt? Well, you have to. I'm the host and you just have to do what I say. All right.
1: All right. Once upon a time, there was a peaceful world called Sarasalad Land. Close. Whatever. Yeah, sounds right. In this world, there were four kingdoms named Birabuto, Muda, Easton, and Chai, one day the skies of Sarhasaland were suddenly covered by a huge black cloud. From a crack in this cloud, the unknown space monster Tatanga emerged and tried to conquer Sarhasaland. Tatanga hypnotized the people of all the kingdoms so that he could control them in any way he liked. In this way, he took over Sarhasaland. Now he wants to marry Princess Daisy of Sahasaran and make her his queen. Mario came to know of these events (laughs) Really? Okay. And has started on a journey to the Chai Kingdom where Princess Daisy is held captain in order to restore peace to Sahasaran. Can Mario defeat Tatanga? Release the people from his interstellar hypnosis? And rescue Princess Daisy? Well he can if you do it. It's all up to you and Mario's skills. So go for it, Mario. Wow. So that is straight from the manual of the game. Except for maybe that last sentence. Yeah, ago. you, you embellished a little I, bit. Yeah, I, a little bit of a paraphrase, but, but... Tatanga. Is anyone else having a Boy Meets World flashback? Dude, right now? I,
0: I was trying to like, how do I make a Boy Meets World
1: joke? <laughs> I know, and I couldn't think of one. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just throw it out there. Uh, yes. So,
0: so Thank awesome God man. it's Tatanga. These names are so weird, and... Uh,
1: yeah so and r- they they like uh, i mean i know some of it is is in a way like well may- maybe not 89 they may have been i feel like nintendo at this point had a localization department like up and running so right but uh yeah
0: my like, favorite Tenga. my favorite line from this whole thing is can mario defeat Tatanga, release the people from his interstellar hypnosis and rescue i know Princess D? i know
1: D? what is the interstellar hypnosis about <laughs>
0: That's wild. I feel like it's just normal hypnosis, but because he's from outer space, it's interstellar.
1: Right, right. We don't have uh, the capacity to deal with it, so you you have to mention how interstellar it is.
0: So my question is, and you probably aren't the person to ask this to, is this game canon? Is this all real? Do these places exist in the overall Mario canon? Well, they don't
1: give him uh, a dream sequence at the end, so I would say yes. Okay. I mean, this, this Daisy really Daisy comes from this, right. so it technically is canon. I guess maybe only in the Camelot and Mario Party Worlds is it mm. canon. Because they seem to use Daisy a lot. Uh, I guess, no, she shows up in um, Mario Kart now, so, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. So is this her first game?
1: Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, this is the first Daisy game. Up until this point, it had just been Pauline and Princess Toadstool.
0: Okay. Yeah, it says uh, she's appeared in 57 games as of 2017. Uh, first being from the Super Mario Land. Um, yeah, it's got all the stuff in here about Sarasa Land and all that. So I think that they've still held to that uh, as far as I can tell. Um, her next appearance was NES Open Tournament Golf in 1991
1: as Luigi's Caddy. Oh, okay. That's uh, where the uh, they be banging thing comes from, right? Basically, that's his girlfriend.
0: Ryan, that's not appropriate. Oh. This is a family show.
1: Well, I mean, how are families made?
0: When gotcha. two people love each other very much. Uh, when and a then, caddy
1: and a golfer love each other very much. That's right.
0: They come together. <laughs> uh, and then, since she took a break for about nine years until 2000, she showed back up in Mario, Mario Tennis. Tennis. Yep. And so, go. from there, she's kind of always been in sports games. So, it's a really that's weird... the, Mario Tennis
1: 64 is like the prism. Where everything, like light goes in and then it all just splits and separates. Yeah.
0: it's like, oh, we have juniors and real yeah, livers and, and everything. And so The
1: devil, the purple devil is here and all that stuff. So
0: why not? Yeah. She's also in Minecraft for the Wii U. Okay. Cool. I just saw that. I thought I'd randomly throw that out Good there. Good for her. <laughs> she's really come a long way since yeah, the yeah, Game she's Boy. in the most popular game of all um, time, basically. All right, so so pulling it back in, uh, story wise, what do you think of this, Brian? Do you like this? Do you hate it? Is it charming but weird and endearing, or is it just kind of dumb? Well, and- I mean,
1: it's it's like the Zelda timeline. It's let's let's make a game, or in the case of the Zelda timeline, let's make a game series and then later go. Well, how can we if we have to? I guess we have to create three paragraphs. How can we describe it in three paragraphs? So yeah, you know whatever. It's so fine.
0: If you had to take those paragraphs and cram them down into four words to to for the whole story and the whole point
1: of the game, what four words would you choose? Mario wanna save Daisy that's it,
0: yep there that's you all go. you need to know
1: that's basically it
0: that's that's it but the game has given us such a more elaborate uh plot and so is this storyline actually present in the game itself? No, we don't uh, outside of maybe after each level trying to find Daisy. We aren't, I mean, we aren't really given this backstory in the game. I
1: mean, there are five words in this game, and they repeat uh, three times. I forget what the. I guess when you beat the game, there's a difference. I was going to say, there's probably some different ones. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Mario. Oh, Daisy. Yes. Oh, Daisy. For the most part.
0: So we know she's Daisy. But yeah, so in order to get this storyline, you had to open up your manual and uh, read. Mm-hmm. This actually has a really I mean, this great... this is
1: the 80s, you know. Right. So it's all about the it's manual. It's all about the manual. And
0: this manual is actually really cool. If you guys have a copy and you're listening, definitely check it out or go online and look it up. There's, like, PDFs where they scanned it. Mm-hmm. There's some great stuff in this manual. I don't this isn't really on topic, you know, but...
1: Full color drawings of, you know, and, and, and more detailed drawings of the bad guys in this game.
0: Right. And I love, like, they'll do, like, they'll have a drawing of, like, the end of the level where you can go to the... Door on the top or the door on the bottom, and they have like little arrows, like little diagrams. I just love that kind of stuff. It's like they're trying to help the player out. And they're nowadays manuals, if they even exist, are really just this is how the game works. But back in the day, they're like, hey, here's some little hot tips and tricks, and here's some diagrams and characters, and it's really cool. So uh, yeah, for me, I I think it's a cool little storyline. It's way different than than what you get in your normal Mario game. So it's it's a fun. Uh, change of pace instead of bowser bowser's nowhere to be found in this nope peach is nowhere to be found and so instead we have this you know alien bad guy who's got like his own little like chip thing and so it's just different yeah the, the names are weird and it doesn't really fit in like the mario kingdom kind of feel um but for a portable game it's kind of like a spin-off game more or less it's like oh this is a different adventure that has nothing to do with what is going on on the console, and so... Because this
1: has nothing to do with what was going on in the Mario series, really.
0: Right. And so, like, oh, it's like we're getting our own little mini side quest Mario adventure that only he's a part of and really has nothing to do with...
1: You know, and a lot of this is also, like, probably NOA. Um, Like I said, it could be Japan because a lot of Japanese companies were trying to translate their own stuff, but uh NOA was kind of the you know the gatekeeper for uh, Japanese Nintendo, so uh, but I think it's funny that uh Sarasaland Sarasaladland Sarasalala whatever. Yeah. Um is very, very close to uh, a Link to the Past's little mentor guy who talks to you. Sarasral or you know how once again there's just so many A's and S's that like <laughs> It's not often that you get a word that has alliteration and uh, assonance in the same mm. word. So there's just the same vowel and the same consonant repeating itself over and over again inside of it. But yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of that character's name who was a big part of A uh, Link to the Past. Nice. I, yeah. wonder, I wonder if they just, tr- when they're translating it, they're like, "Well, hey, let's do an homage to a different Nintendo game.
0: Maybe. Or maybe they're like, well, let's just throw enough letters in here that people don't even try to say it. And they'll just realize it's not important. Um, So, all right. So that's the story. Moving forward, we should talk about the gameplay. uh, And then after we get through a little bit of that. I mean, there's only so much you can really explain about a Mario game. Most people know how those play out. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll go into level by level and just kind of talk about them uh, somewhat briefly. Yeah. Brian, starting us off, three words to describe the gameplay of this. What would
1: you What would you say? A uh, hot jumping action. Not really, but uh, it, it's look, look, They're they're trying to make a Mario game. These are people who are already like excellent programmers in their own right, trying to translate the the Mario series and condense it down. And they, I think they do a pretty good job of it. Um, it it has many of the elements there are even like homages to Mario 1 where you, you know, jump down a pipe uh, at the beginning and it's that same room from the first pipe of Mario of Mario 1 yeah, yeah, yeah. where you know there's just a bunch of coins there and then an exit pipe um, the, you know, a lot of the, the bosses will have a, a thing behind them that you have to get to and the bridge doesn't drop out but it kills the bad guy and you win and go see the princess and she's not the princess um so the gameplay is is rooted in Mario but um there are differences you know you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah I know um it, it still has that sort of uh, when you're you know the, the um the trademark of of early Mario games was that you can control his momentum in midair. Which uh, now is—it's ludicrous to say that like a, a platforming game wouldn't have that. But back then, that was—that was like something that they had like kind of perfected in Mario. Was hey, even if you're in the in midair, you can you can start going backwards if you're going forward. Um, some of the bad guys are you know still the same, but they act differently. Like everything about this game is slightly skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, you got any? Anything yeah, like the the, uh,
0: the turtles, the Koopas, uh, when you jump on them, instead of shells bouncing around, they turn into a time bomb that ticks for a second or two mm-hmm. and then blows up. So instead of just sitting around, you have to decide, you know, uh, you jump on it and then you got to go somewhere. You can't just stay there. And so mm-hmm. uh, little things like that that kind of tweak tweak it. Um, everything in this game, uh, that's visuals. I, don't, I won't go there yet. Okay. Um, you, but, you've
1: also got, like, uh, coin blocks where you can hit them and get one coin, but then some of them have ten coins in them, just like in Mario 1. Or, um, uh, you know, you've, you've got fire flowers, but they act differently. Uh, you have... Uh, I don't know. So,
0: on top of the normal platforming levels, there's also, like, a
1: shoot-em-up level? Right, so you'll, for- you'll... you go through the first, like... So there's three levels instead of four, like in, in Mario 1. And right. the third level is the boss level, or the dungeon, or the castle, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then, you know, so that's very straightforward. And then you go into World 2, and you get to the boss area. And now you're in, you know, a shoot-em-up level, which, you know, completely subverts your expectations. When I was a kid and I got to that point, I was like... I don't even know what's going on anymore. Like this is completely different. Yeah. Before it was like, oh, I can kind of see the similarities. Uh, yeah, no, no, this is just they threw in, and they do it again. The very last level, right, uh, is also a shoot 'em up level. So, and I and I always really liked that, but it, wow, how how jarring that was.
0: Right. Yeah, I like it. I wish more Mario games had these because it's just a nice little change of pace. I mean. It's not overly difficult. I say that even though I died multiple times playing that level today. Yeah. Um,
1: no, no. If, if you, I think you were just rushing to, to see more of the, you know, the game again before we started. Totally. Yeah. You know, I found myself rushing yesterday when I was playing through it. And that was definitely to my detriment because I ended up dying and getting a game over.
0: Yeah. Um. So it's a, it's a good change of pace. I'm, I'm glad they added it. It kind of, it's probably an easy thing to program, you know, compared to uh, a normal scroller. This one's kind of auto-scrolls and you mm-hmm. when you shoot a thing. So, but it's a good change of pace. I, I appreciate that they added it, even if it wasn't really a norm for the game, uh, for the series. A uh, couple other, like, mechanical things. At the end of uh, most levels, uh, there are two doors that you can go through one up high and one down below this is something that they
1: carried over into uh mario land 2 was that that's if, right. you were, if you were up top if you rang the bell the bell, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know there was a little and, and something that i think miyamoto took from this game and was like that's a cool idea why don't we why don't we do that for the next one
0: yeah and and we've we've been trying to not talk about two right even though that's probably the one that would be we but prefer I, to talk about.
1: I feel like it, it's worth bringing up because... Uh, okay, look, so so the other thing about R&D 1 is that their games were... They, they weren't as polished as Miyamoto games, but the way that they created worlds, they were more exploratory. Um, Mario has secrets. Mario 1 definitely does. Mario 2 does. Mario 3... Oh, yeah. Mario 3 definitely has lots of secrets. Yeah. But... The, the way that this game works is like they're, they're more puzzly. The levels are so like, there will be parts that you can't get to in just normal, like, especially in like, I think one, three, there are places that you can't get to if you are big or if you are small. Um, you'll like, you'll see stuff on the roof and go like, well, how do I get to that? Uh, you already missed it. So you'll have to go back and play that game and figure out what you missed and, uh, satisfy like a certain, uh, you know criteria just to get to that part so there's like the the hidden parts are more puzzle based in this game which goes because it, you know Gunpei Yokoi and uh, Satoru Okeda thought about it that way mm. um, that was how they made you know Metroid is just full of hidden things uh, so it was Kid Icarus you know yeah they're two big games up until that point
0: you didn't let me finish my thought sorry but what i was sorry. no it's cool <laughs> I, I wasn't scolding you for mentioning mario land 2 um but no it was cool that you mentioned that that's probably something that uh was you know taken from the first game and actually brought into the second game and i don't know i think that's cool at least some of the stuff stuck around even if yeah they do feel like very different games There are some consistencies that stay the same. And yeah, Yeah. basically at the end of each level, it's more difficult to get to the top one. Uh, And if you can find your way up to the top one by navigating things, you have to jump across. Uh, You get a little mini game, which uh, grants you extra lives, depending on how you do Um, You get up to like three lives. Or you can also get uh, like a flower
1: power, super ball, whatever. Uh, Yeah, whatever that thing
0: is. Cannonballs.
1: Shooting. I, I, I'm I'm too old to remember the name of a bouncy ball company, so I'll just say it's a bouncy ball. Super Super Ball was that. What I'm sure there's a stuff? Super Ball somewhere. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be. Um, I yeah I do I do love that uh, the end of the level thing because it's it's a puzzle, and the further you get into the game, uh, you know, early on you're able to try that puzzle again, but the later levels, if you don't know what's coming or react uh, quick enough, uh, you're screwed. You just have to except that you won't be able to get to the bonus game that time right. until you come back and play it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. It's, it kind of becomes more punishing and, and all that. So that's good. Um, I like that. I always enjoy that part of the level. You get to the end, you're like, oh, I don't have to rush to the exit. I can kind of try to do this little thing. Um, Brian, anything else gameplay-wise that we need to hit on? I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else.
1: Uh, no, I just I think... like. When you think about this game, you need to think about, like, the way that it does secrets is completely different than the way that Miyamoto Marios do secrets. Um, and I also, I never thought about it before, how Miyamoto does take inspiration from, from this game. Too, yeah, so
0: which is probably kind of surprising. Yeah. I don't know the guy personally, but no. he doesn't seem like one who typically does that sort of thing. So, um,
1: um, yeah, the way that, that Yokoi approached games was, you know, he, he was, like... Miyamoto's uh mentor and senpai or whatever but uh he they approached games differently right um you know Miyam or uh Yokoi was definitely more of an engineering minded where um Miyamoto came at it from like a creativity and and design standpoint I guess but yeah
0: one other thing I wanted to mention we talked about this a little bit earlier before we started recording I hate it's, it's it's like a uh, the running and running mechanic of this game uh yes so yes yes we do you hold down the b button to run in this game uh which it's cool that it, it has it because some games at this time didn't have run buttons most i think almost all mario games do um most donkey kongs do so i'm used to using the b button to run i have no issues with them i'm glad that it's in here I am not a fan of the run mechanic or the, the physics of the run in this game. And I haven't fully narrowed it down as to why it, what it does that really bothers me. So
1: I, I, kind, of, I kind of have done that. Uh, well, one, you think about uh, the way that, that Miyamoto goes about making a game is that the mechanics are, they take front and center. So those need to be hammered out And perfect before you even begin to think about okay, what's this game? What what shape is this game going to take? Whereas uh, I think the very nature of this game being commissioned by the head of the company, saying like, hey, you know this hardware, you just finished like designing it for two years, Uh, I need you to make something that works around it. Uh, So this game starts off as you know a very un Nintendo like philosophy of we have an idea before we have gameplay. And so you you can kind of start there with it. Uh, the, as far as the jumping and the running itself, your inertia is really strange in this game. Definitely. Uh, you can go really fast and when you jump, you can keep going fast. But if you at all try to like slow down your movement, like in Mario games, you can slow down your jump, but, it it slows down in like a kind of predictable way and this one it's like hitting like full stop on the brakes so your inertia will completely stop so a lot of times you can if you feel like you're about to jump over something because you're just going too fast which is very easy to do with the way this game moves um when you try to slow yourself down it's like an almost complete stop and so like you'll end up trying to 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 land on something but then you'll come up short because all of a sudden, Mario's not going anywhere, and it's tough to get him to start going again, so like yeah i think I think it's more the like inertia is the problem of this game like it's it's tough to to regulate on your own just by playing the game, but yeah. i I know what you're talking about like it's just it's rough, it's really rough,
0: yeah, I think that's fair, I get what you're saying, um yeah, it's just i I noticed earlier I was running. And then I got to the edge of something. I was up high, and so I stopped, but I, like, ran off the edge and just, like, m- like really quickly was, like, boom, boom, down. And I was like, whoa, okay. I just fell, like, really quickly. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think in this game, I noticed just the other day, if you don't run, you have so much better control over Mario. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's certain parts you have to run and certain parts where it works better to run. But I just found myself enjoying it a lot more not running unless i had to um had more control it wasn't too fast that i couldn't really you know i had time to react and and it felt like it was doing what i needed to do but i just found myself losing control especially on where there's parts where there's pits below uh, running I just found made it that much more difficult so um, it's not broken or like terrible it's just I'm not a huge fan of the running in no, this it's, one. No
1: it's not as polished which is a word that is synonymous with Miyamoto games
0: it, You just love saying his name don't you?
1: Uh, yeah well I'm not uh, some moron who calls him Shiggy so Oof, How disrespectful. I know it's awful I hate who it. Who do you do think that. you are? You I, I think I'm best friends with him yeah, I mean, yeah, he would
0: no. probably slap you if you called him. That. I
1: hope he would, or at least upend a tea table and walk <laughs> out of the room. Well, that's that's like a very Japanese cultural thing to oh, do. No, it's a very Miyamoto thing to do, but no, like it, the polish there, like you know, like I said, you, the movement is key. So I think that if this were been, it had been in his hands, you know, Mario Two runs, Mario Land Two is just so smooth, it's, it's great. Um, this is is more. Uh, indicative of of a yokoi game where the ideas are all there but maybe it's not as polished but you know maybe it'll get there eventually like metroid isn't completely polished uh it's also a hard hard game so like you know a lot of r&d one games are really tough
0: yeah I agree. maybe
1: in inst- maybe because of their movement i don't know yeah
0: well i, I would agree i don't think i mean as a kid this was a terrible it was a more difficult game but like we mentioned earlier as an adult or whatever whatever it is that we are uh it's definitely more manageable especially if you are even relatively good at getting those extra lives at the end of the levels um it's not a terribly difficult game to get through and it's not terribly long either
1: no no it's not 12 levels um and if you're if you're paying attention to the, you know, if you can get to those bonus stages at the end of each level, you, you stand a good chance of at least making it through on the very least one continue. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think the most important thing to, to bring up about the game, the gameplay is just how puzzle based it is over normal Mario games, which are like, Hey, here's a secret, but keep moving. Yeah. You know, you get to stop and think a little bit in this one.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair point because i remember you were watching me play at one point you're like you're missing all the things below and i was like yeah i know i'm good that's fine yeah
1: and you don't have to do that you can just keep moving if you want but uh you know there's there are like yeah there's there's some weird it's it's such a weird mario game and you know we've talked about all the reasons why already so
0: one other thing talking about like multiple ways to play is the bosses on this game um most of them yeah. if not all of them you have the choice to fight it or just get around it which is kind of the way bowser was you know originally right. but even in the underwater level that i was just playing the submarine one or whatever yeah you I, can shoot that guy if you, you want or you could just like try to swim under him break some
1: blocks and yeah and get through uh the uh, third the third level one uh you can you can he's normal again like there's a guy on a bridge and a thing behind him you can shoot him If you have the super ball power, but you can also just jump on his head. Yeah. You you don't even need to, to worry about it.
0: Huh?
1: And then you can also try and pass him and just get to the the edge and hit it. So, you know, whatever. Mm
0: -hmm. Also bullet bills come out of pipes in this game.
1: Yes. But a bullet bill shooter itself comes out of pipes. Right. It doesn't shoot a bullet. bill. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird. It's super weird. It's not like torpedo Ted from Mario or a hand from Mario world where a hand drops out of the pipe and then lets him go. Yeah. Something like that. So. Right.
0: All right. That's enough of gameplay. We've talked, we've talked plenty of there. Um, real quickly, hopefully not too long, Brian. Let's not go super in-depth and bore people too much. I don't, I don't much. think we
1: really need to. I mean, uh, Bir- Birabuto is, you know, world one, and it's pretty simple, straightforward. Uh, there's nothing too different about these levels. Uh, you have your basic, you know, normal level and then there'll be like you know moving platforms or there's just a bunch of small platforms and then more bad guys, bad guys that take like two hits to take out with your super ball or you can just jump on them. Um I, it just gets less forgiving as it goes along and you know. Um as when we get to world 1, world 2, world 3. World 1's really straightforward. World 2 is also straightforward but then ends with a shoot 'em up level. Right. and That's that's world 2 is what Muda Yeah, Muda. Uh, Easton has like Easter Island heads jumping around, flapping around. They have wings. They're (laughs) strange. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's much that differentiates these levels, uh, these worlds. Just different backdrops sometimes. Yeah, um, like it it gets very like Egyptian in Easton, I guess, or even the final level of world one, Birbuto. Uh, you've got like sphinxes standing around, but
0: yeah, this game's very exotic. They're Yeah, like, oh, all these levels are gonna be like the desert levels, except with like different accents and over thi- overall themes. What is with this bad guy, dude? Um, did
1: you see that? Like the little girl? oh, the the, the 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 like thing. It's like a th- it looks like a thief. It always reminds you of some kind of like hopping thief. Yeah, with like it's hands. it's hands out like in like crane like the uh what was that the crane pose from Karate Kid? Oh,
0: is that what they're kind of doing? It's like a Kung sort Fu of thing. except
1: they're not lifting their leg; they're just standing straight up with their arms out. So maybe it's more of like a Frankenstein pose. I don't know. It's by far
0: the weirdest enemy. It, I've it, probably it is ever strange, seen. and it just
1: sits there and like kind of hops and then stops and then hops again. Yeah, it's weird.
0: Normally, Mario is killing like. Or hurting creatures, animals, monster, bullet things. Yeah, that's this that's, that's is a, a human. babysitter. That's, that's, that's a person.
1: That's like a, a babysitter who's uh, trying to jump on top of you. I guess I don't know. So weird. Got, a pig, a... got pigtails. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Weird. The Final World Chai has like bamboo sticks and like mountains with clouds in the background. It's it's very uh, like Japanese. Uh, a japanese vibe to it or at least a you know far east asian vibe to it so oh look there's like three of those hopping babysitters at one point all jumping in on you
0: cr- i don't think they're babysitter i think they're supposed to be kung fu people. well they remind
1: me of my babysitter you had a really weird babysitter yeah life. i did i'm sorry she taught me know. a lot about video games though she was cool
0: and kung fu apparently yeah
1: yeah kung fu she taught me the crane pose showed me karate kid nice yeah so then you have another uh, airplane level toward the end there. Yeah, the final level of of Chai, World 4, is also a... Got Mario in his little uh, plane with his little helmet on. He is, as we all know him. He looks pretty cool. We know him very well that way. No. There, isn't there a pirate...
0: or Pirate? A pilot costume in Odyssey? Yes, there is. I wonder if... There's
1: like a sort of 30s... Uh yeah pirate uh pilot yeah i'm saying it now pilot (laughs) outfit uh i
0: wonder if that's maybe where they this is where they got it from yeah something like
1: that it's very adventure uh serial adventure george lucas sort of indiana jones kind of thing yeah it's pretty cool um
0: do we want to talk about the final boss
1: um the final boss uh has a second form which is the which is where the interstellar uh, mind waves come from. He's uh, very alien esque and kind of looks like uh, the moon boss in Mario Land Two. Okay, he's he's yeah. got a he's got a ship that he's flying around. He doesn't do the same stuff. They they change it up, but um, he's not too difficult either. You just have to avoid his stuff and just keep shooting. So right, but uh, the level leading up to that area is, is really tough. Is it four two? Is probably the most Mario Castle uh level in the game. Uh there are uh the, the fireballs that are spinning around a singular point. Uh just like uh like the the fireball chains that are in Mario one or the those weird like disco balls that spin around in Mario three. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. they they so they kinda took that from, from the Miyamoto team. But yeah. Would you like
0: to talk about the ending of the game after you beat the final boss? You, you can do that. All right. I will do it. So after you defeat the... I'm not even going to try to remember its name. Um, well, up to this point, every it's, time you it's would... It's Tatanga, pin- by T- the way. Tatanga. Yes. Um, up to this point, every time you would beat a boss, you would go into the room and there would be the fake out, which was, oh, Daisy...
1: Which was jarring to like a, a 6, 7
0: Right, old. because Daisy would turn into, insert
1: bad guy here. One of the jumping bad guys.
0: From the levels previous. Yeah, the only Squid. one I was able
1: to get to as a kid was the, the bug. And it yeah, just the <laughs> Sound, and it was just like, Huh, oh, that's creepy for some yeah, no reason. Yeah, it was pretty terrifying. Give me the willies. Um,
0: and so, it was the whole fake out. You know, she's in another castle thing, basically. So finally, once you beat uh, the final boss, you get to the end here. And... Mar- then it is said oh daisy daisy there's another daisy 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 oh daisy daisy,
1: daisy. Oh, daisy, she- daisy
0: she says thank you Mario and then a little heart comes out from her mm, yeah fill in the blanks there and then you get this great prompt where it says your quest is over but but then they start to walk away and you're like what is going on and they jump in a freaking jet not,
1: the, not a prop plane
0: from not the, earlier. Yeah,
1: not the ship that you were in or the submarine, the submarine that you were this in. This
0: is right? a, a rocket jet. And they fly away. And you're like, oh, okay. Where where are they going?
1: To fight the real final boss.
0: That's right. No. <laughs> they, they're flying to the credits. And then the credits start to roll.
1: And this is um, kind of funny just for the fact that... Uh, 1989 might have been like the first time that they started putting actual uh, names in their Nintendo games. Like, well, I played what was, uh, Zelda 2 recently and that's like an 88 game and that has fake names in it. Really? Yeah. Um, Zelda 1 has fake names. Like, a lot of these credits, they, they were still kind of afraid to, to put... Uh, actual programmers names and because for fear that they would be stolen away or something like that huh which is more of a fear in American uh, developers but most right. mostly Japanese developers are, are faithful to the to the, their company men but, right um, yeah I, I do like that you know, Gunpei Yokoi gets his goals and and uh, okay to get their names at the very end
0: yeah so that's pretty much the game in a nutshell Uh we should hit real quick uh however long i guess we got to talk about some visuals and audio here um visuals feels-
1: are are simple um they're they're fun little uh designs for things we were just talking about the the hopping kung fu crane style chick you know whatever um but yeah like they're all uh, i think the the things that were that come from pre-existing ideas from mario games are very simply made the the new ideas in this game are the ones that are more interesting the bugs the the sphinxes the snakes that that you know the sphinx and the snake both do the same thing but they look different um the way that bad guys die like you smush them and they make this death curdling sound as they flip off the screen you know stuff like that yeah i mean you know the graphics themselves aren't amazing there aren't any colors but you know I think some of the designs are actually kind of cool.
0: Here's my thought with the original Game Boy is difficult because the more detail and the more background things you add, the more difficult it becomes to see the, what you're the doing. Slower It moves too, well, I that. Think that as well the frame rate, but. but I'm going at it just straight. I can't tell what the heck's going on. <laughs> and, I, and I know I've already mentioned this game once, but already Donkey Kong land one, is a visual nightmare to navigate. Yeah, that is a very busy game. There's just, they went for high detail and you can't tell what they're doing. So this game was like, yo, even though it was like one of the first games, it's like, hey, we're not going to worry about like cool details and making things look really elaborate. We are doing very barren backgrounds, white, and we'll throw an, an occasional very light tree or a cloud high up in the sky. Right. That way it's just not, it's there's no confusion of what you're looking at.
1: Once again, these were people who had created the platform, so they knew exactly what its limitations were. Uh, you know, and, and maybe going forward, they learned more uh, and were able to exploit it more as it went along. Which you know is the case with most uh, game systems. Is you can exploit, uh, exploit, exploit the uh, the systems and push it further and further, but. Uh, yeah it it this first early on game, yeah we've got completely clear backgrounds with just some some embellishments thrown in in the back,
0: yeah, and the embellishments that are thrown in are usually like really it's even like a lighter shade, mm-hmm. whereas everything that you can jump on or be hit by is the darkest yeah shade that it's, you can make on it, that on the console it
1: it makes the contrast from foreground to background like these are things you interact with. these are things that are just you know for show
0: right. And so I, I appreciate that. I like that about it. Um, also worth noting, everything is really small in mm-hmm. this game. They definitely took a further back uh, view of the game and uh, made each sprite probably a, a bit smaller, but instead of it being super zoomed in. And then obviously when they hit the sequel, that all changed. Mm-hmm. And they brought it in much Field more detail. Of view,
1: shrank in, or, you know came forward and and you 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 see less of the level the characters are bigger more Um, detail
0: yeah all that so this is a much more simplistic approach much less pixels put into each item uh less detail but you can see more and honestly i don't know which i would prefer i think they both work uh i appreciate that they kind of tried to upgrade and make things look better in the second one but it at times is a bit too zoomed in, if you ask me. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm totally okay with
1: the smaller sprite less pixel look. I mean, eventually uh R and D one had to do that with Metroid. Metroid two is very zoomed in, which right. you know, that was that development team. So they they eventually found the you know that, that was the way to go, at least for that kind of series, you know, when the same thing with uh Miyamoto and, and Mario Land two.
0: Yeah, um, any other visual thoughts? I uh, I think we kind of hit on the, the important parts there. Yeah,
1: no, there's not much to say about it. It's still a black and white game. Yeah. Um, audio, yeah. audio. Uh, oh boy, uh, one of my favorite composers, uh, Hip Tanaka or uh, Hirokazu Tanaka. Uh, he was mostly an R and D one guy. Um, Koji Kondo was working with uh Miyamoto and uh, uh, and and that whole team, which ended uh, ended up being R&D2 or or EAD. But uh, Hip Tanaka, uh, a great composer, uh, like one of the pioneers of chiptune music. Uh, he was also the sound editor on this game, so he was doing sound effects and stuff like that.
0: Some people refer to him as Chip Tanaka.
1: Chip Tanaka. Well, are they the same people that call Miyamoto Shiggy? Probably. Okay, cool.
0: But at least it's like actually... Is endearing. It makes sense a
1: little bit. Okay, I could see that. Um, and they're not. It's not something like they're trying to make it seem like they're best friends with him. Right. It's yeah. more like, hey, you're the father of Chip Tunes. Right. Right. Um. Also, he was, you know, out in the in the uh Japanese. I can't remember what town he was living. In. I mean, they all lived in uh Kyoto, but you know, he was out in the the local music scene doing stuff too, uh, playing shows and stuff like that. But he he. Whether it was game music, chiptunes music, real music, he didn't care. He just wanted to like make cool stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah. Hiptonaka is cool.
0: And he was he was all about the Pokemon too, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he was was. Did he do some?
1: Did he do the music for that?
0: It says yeah. He was uh, involved in the Pokemon franchise, Metroid, Kid Icarus, yep. Tetris, Mother, Doctor Mario, Earthbound. So yeah, those are some. Pretty serious games. I mean, I this think. is
1: this this game itself, Mario Land One, was made by like a few people, uh, him being one of them. You know, in, in much the same way you hear stories about uh, Koji Kondo uh, being integral to the development of Mario One, like Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Um, he was integral to this game. Yeah. So. Totally. Uh, I have I have nothing but good things to say about Yudacasa. Uh, yeah.
0: Nanka. Uh, I love this soundtrack. I, I know the front half much better than some of the later levels just because as a kid I didn't play them as much. Um, but man, really strong songs right out the gate. Um, I'm, I appreciate so much that they didn't just try to use everything that had already come before it in Mario mm-hmm. games. But they're like, let's come up with some good, creative, original stuff that still sounds like a Mario song but isn't like... Let's just take the da 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 and change it up and make it different. They actually were like, "No, we can make our own catchy stuff." And I think a lot. I think a lot of people really enjoy this music. I think it's pretty universally appreciated and, and I would agree, well loved. So honestly, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, sound effects are fine, beeps and boops, and
1: there's beeps and boops. But then, they, like I said, there's just some jarring stuff in here because the whole game itself is just slightly jarring from a Mario perspective. But, yeah. Uh, yeah like the the death knell of some of the uh the enemies that you squish are just like just sounds like a dot matrix printer going off and it's (laughs) it's i don't know almost makes you feel bad for killing things yeah
0: right (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i remember that when i played it recently i I killed something i was like ooh, that's uh (laughs) that's something but i think it works though totally anything else visual audio
1: no um
0: yeah. all right, let's let's give our final thoughts on this game. Um Brian, what do you it's, think? It's,
1: uh it'll always be weird and I will always love it. Uh it, you know, one of the early games I played on the Game Boy. But not just for the nostalgia purposes, like, that's all well and good, but I I admire what they did and uh I think true to form, Yamauchi made a good decision on letting like making them you know, Mario, at this point, had turned into the most important thing Nintendo had. So he wanted to make sure that it worked and that a Mario game would be good. And it was a big risk, I think, letting someone else handle a Mario game. But it ended up working out. Um, true to Yamauchi form, took a big risk. But he knew what he was doing. His instincts were almost always spot on. Um, so... Yeah, I totally agree. I,
0: I'm happy this exists. I'm glad it got made. It's it's a fun thing to talk about. It's different. Obviously, we've mentioned that so many times. It's just it's it's fun to look at and compare against other Mario games and see what they decided to do, why they chose to do certain things, and it, it's just a really cool piece of Mario's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fun little side thing. It would be neat if maybe one day the series took uh, a game to explore more of this weird area i don't know yeah even if it was just a bonus level or something um but yeah it's a fun game it's a great launch title i think it, it really showed off hey yeah it's a game boy and it's got a green screen it's black and white more or less but you can still play mario on it yeah you can play that on your tv but you can also take this with you and you got your own little mario game yeah and i think people were like hey that's that works for me i'm sold you know and so I think it. I think it's a great launch title and a great game overall. Good music, visually fine, uh, fun to play, and uh, good good for all ages, which yeah. is a good thing with the Game Boy.
1: And it and it exemplifies that sort of R and D one style of like where we're pushing uh, our own hardware that we designed, and it also has that kind of puzzle solving like hidden elements uh, that. Would kind of become a staple of 3D Mario games later, uh, or at least uh, even Mario World. Mario World definitely had a lot of hidden stuff somewhere that you needed to have. Uh, if you don't have this power up, or you can't, you can't do this. Or like even in uh, New Super Mario Brothers on the DS, the original New Super Mario Brothers, uh, if there are places in these games that you can't get to if you're not tiny, yeah, if you don't have it. If you if you are Big Mario, or you if you are Super Mario. You can't get to this little area. So it it's filled with, hey, you need to be super powered to get here, but also you can't get here unless you're at your weakest point. Um Yeah, I I love R and D one games. They're they're so fascinating and weird and interesting. And I think this is, is definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Brian, how many thumbs up for this game? I've I've got two. You're, so, are you going to give it two? I'll give it two, yeah. Both I, thumbs? I've always enjoyed this game, so I, I'd give it two. Two thumbs up it, for me quick, as well. It's quick, it's hard, but then it's also forgiving enough if, you know, like I said, if you can solve that puzzle at the end of each level, you'll have no trouble getting through this game. I agree.
0: All right, guys, you heard it here first. Two thumbs up.
1: And now it's time for this week's Song of the Week. Com game yes it is it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is from it.
0: mega man 3 okay
1: for the game boy yep all right cool
0: yes brian for the game boy i mean i on our game boy show
1: well you know it's mega man 3
0: <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know what this track is called it's just written here as track 19 It, it was probably tied to a specific level i'm not entirely sure um but it was the credits here have uh, Toru Asada and uh, Koji Murata, Murata. so uh, I assume they both worked on this together. That's yeah, a good little song, nice little Mega Man ditty. I love uh, Capcom music. Yeah, really good. The fact that you c- could point that out was impressive and shows that they have quality music. So uh, they have their
1: they have their little style. Totally.
0: <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been uh, a good episode. It's about time that we, uh, after well, we doing after, after doing Tony Hawk games, it was time that we, we talked about something a bit yeah, more quality. True. true.
1: Um, but yeah, something it's with been good music, sound totally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, we have so many more like A list uh, Game Boy games to get through. Uh, so hopefully, here over time, we'll, we'll knock some more of those out. I think I'm... we'll be doing
1: uh, Tetris next?
0: Yeah, I think Tetris will be Yeah. not not next week, but yes, the next right. the next Super Game Boy episode will probably be Tetris. And uh just kind of going in order here. Oh boy. So, should be should be a good one. At least the music will be good at the very least. Oh yeah. Uh it'll be interesting to see how much we can actually talk about with a puzzle game like that, but it's been done. Oh.
1: Oh, with me in the room and Tetris? Jeez. Oh, there will be lots to talk about. Well, we all
0: know that you like to talk, so I, well, I don't
1: also there's there's no bigger story in retro games than Tetris.
0: Yeah, I guess the backstory is pretty great. I guess I'm it's thinking crazy. more like talking through gameplay. It's like, well in one level there's the blocks and in the next one <laughs> there's more blocks. It gets faster. Um no, but it it'll be good. I think that'll be a fun one. Uh I don't know, maybe next week for our next episode we should do an, a garbage game.
1: Oh. Oh, I agree. I think there's
0: one that we've both played that maybe we should take a look at. All right. All uh, if, if you're game. We'll, uh, we're being coy, but you'll have to just come back next week and see what that game is if we decide to do it. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining us this episode. Uh, if you want, you can find more of our episodes on the Nintendo TheNintendoVillage.com. We're also on The Nintendo Village YouTube as well as iTunes. Uh, until then, guys, uh, join us next week for more Strictly Game Boy. Yeah.